Welcome to Our Walk Together. This is the place where we have a chance to listen and to learn from each other as we walk. My name is Paul Long, and I will be your host, but also a fellow traveler. I'm glad you're able to join me today as a companion on Our Walk Together. We are companions on the journey, breaking bread and sharing life, and in the long guest, Father Glenn, was connecting from a rural area via satellite. There are gaps in the signal, but I left them because to delete them would alter what was being said. Please enjoy the show. So welcome, everybody, to our walk together. I'm really glad that you're able to be with us today. Um, I have a special a special guest who's going to be on with me today on the, on the podcast, uh, Father Glenn Sudarno who is um, the chaplain at a place called the Holy Family Farm. And uh, as we get into our podcast, uh, Father Glenn will give us everything we ever wanted to know about Holy Family Farm and what it's about. But as we begin, let's just kind of take a minute to um, recall that we continue to be in the presence of God and that God is with us always and begin our time in prayer. And the prayer that I'm going to use today is the prayer of the Holy Family Farm, uh, which I think is really a beautifully done prayer. So gracious Father, you who once led your chosen people from a land of oppression to a land of promise, grant us, we pray, grace in abundance so that we may be ever grateful for guiding us to this, our place of freedom and peace. May Holy Family Farm become a holy place, like the home of Jesus, Mary, and Joseph in Nazareth, a place of natural beauty, simple hospitality, reverent worship, ardent faith, diligent labor, pious devotion, fruitful science, mutual respect, and generous service, and above all, an authentic expression of sincere love for you and for all. Heart of Jesus, we adore you. Heart of Mary, we implore you. Heart of Joseph, pure and just. In these three, we place our trust. Amen. So, as I said, my, my guest today is Father Glenn Sudano. Father uh, is, a, is the chaplain of the Holy Family Farm. Father is also uh, a member of the uh, Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, which is based out of, originally based out of the Bronx, New York. Uh, but Father Glenn, like I said, is the chaplain of Holy Family Farm and directs the formation program, in addition to offering mass and the sacraments. Father Glenn is one of the eight founding members of the Franciscan Friars of the Renewal, which was founded in the spring of 1987. The apostolic mission of the community is to serve the materially poor, especially the destitute and the homeless. 
Presently, the community has over 135 members and 15 friaries around the world. Father Glenn Sudano is from Brooklyn and briefly pursued a career in television before entering the Capuchins in 1978. And so, Father Glenn, welcome to our walk together. Glad to have you here today. Thank you, Paul. So, tell us a little bit about Holy Family Farm. What is it? What's it all about? And, you know, what are you hoping to accomplish there? Well, I think maybe the better way of putting it is what is it becoming? Okay. Because uh, we, uh, after two years, um, the Lord surprised us by, by bringing us very close to home. In fact, I'm here in Monticello, New York, where um, I, the other friars come here on retreat. And so we have a retreat house here in Monticello. And okay. right across the property is this house with 60 acres. And one of the brothers started talking about this house, which is for sale. And I was listening with half an ear because I'm thinking I'm going to Pennsylvania because of, uh, we had some friends in PA. And, um, and then when he told me that the house had eight bedrooms and that uh, it was a beautiful house. And anyway, so it caught my attention. I was able to come over to look at the place. And before you know it, here I am, a stone's throw away from where I go on retreat every year oh, with geez. the brothers. And so it just shows you God's, sense of humor, but also his, um, his mercy and his goodness is because, um, uh, as you mentioned, I'm the chaplain, but I'm a friar and we live in community. And so uh, friars generally don't live, if you will, by themselves anyway. So the Lord says, you know what, I'm going to take care of this. You're not going to be, be far from family. And so right next door is our retreat center. And there's always friars on retreats and uh, uh, novices and postulants. So anyway, so so the location is in Montreal, New York. We have 60 acres and um, a very, very nice house. And, uh, but if you came here, you'd sort of say, where's the farm? Where's the cows? Where's the silos? Where's the tractors? Well, quite frankly, the farm that we have in mind is not necessarily a farm like in the Midwest or with acres and acres of soybean. <clears throat> it would be more like homesteading or I think the emphasis would be Holy Family Farm. Mm. A, a farm that you have if you are a family and not necessarily to be raising wheat or corn for the, for the market, but for your own consumption and for maybe for the animals and such. So it's, a, it's, a, um, it's, it's not a grandiose um, a farm, but something very, very humble, but that we hope will be diverse so that yes, we will be having uh, chickens and, and pigs and, and, and the, the like. And um, we're also planning to have uh, large gardens, uh, doing organic gardening. Uh, we'll be putting up a greenhouse or two. And, um, uh, and, um, but we have a lot of land to, to reclaim. And in fact, uh, these past two months, we've been here since March uh, of this, this past year, 2022. And it's, it's taken around two and a half months to clear around uh, an acre and a third of land. So we've turned it in from a forest into a football field. Oh, wonderful. So that we have a big football field just ready for seed. And soon in the next spring, that's when we'll be putting in our, our, um, our uh, greenhouse and our gardens and pens for the animals and this and that. So, so um, uh, and plus we have much of the property to develop and in fact, I told one of our board members who was there with a chainsaw cutting down a tree. <laughs> I, said, 
I says, reclaim the land, reclaim the man. Mm. Reclaim the land, reclaim the man. And so this is what the church did for centuries, especially the monks. As you know, monastic history, they would go to places that no one else could go to, whether it's in the valley or the mountains, whether they Cistercians or whether they were Benedictines or Trappists, and um, uh, they reclaimed the land. But in the process, you yourself were changing. Like you may be getting tired, (laughs) (laughs) achy, Um, but certainly you may be also getting stronger. So, you know, today everyone's going to the gym, right? Everyone's going to the gym. It's a good thing. But why are they going to the gym is because they're not doing the manual work that many times our parents and certainly our grandparents and most definitely our great-grandparents did. So us doing this, uh, reclaiming the land to begin to put the footprint for the farm is very, very good for us. Yeah. Physically. Uh, emotionally and also spiritually and quite frankly it has it, it has uh, sort of built a s- small community not only of the, um, the three men that are here with me but also of other people who volunteer their time we have some people that come here we have one volunteer that comes from pennsylvania two-hour drive comes here every saturday spends the day working gets in the car goes back home and this is oh a man goodness. that works you know the, the rest of the week but we have people like that that come in, and um, so the um, so Holy Family Farm is 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 beginning from we might say the literally the ground <laughs> up, and um, uh, but I must say that since March and um, it's uh, we're marching on, we're, we're, it's going it's going. That's wonderful. Um, my the, from everything I'm reading, the farm. Um, once you get everything going and moving and everything, the farm is basically for young men. Um, and it, uh, as I was reading some of the things about how it began, um, you know, um, one of the things that, that happened, and I'll let you comment after I say it, uh, but one of the things that happened was that the friars kind of looked at, you know, society and, and young men in society in particular, the young men who were applying for admission to the order and, um, and, and kind of came to the conclusion that while these were really promising people really promising guys, uh, they suffered from uh, the ill effects of a profoundly confused culture. I love those words. Um, the, and the friars pressing concern was, are these men ready to make a lifelong commitment in fact, do they have the capacity to do it at all? And that's how it started. It's, it's a capacity, that, that there's, there's no doubt there's enthusiasm. As there is quite often in the young, you have a lot of enthusiasm. Uh, I call them, I, I call, you know, you know the sparkler we use on, on 4th of July sparkler? Uh-huh. Yep. Sometimes, sometimes the younger the guy, the more brighter and hotter the flame. It's like, mm-hmm. right? But then it goes out, it goes out. We're looking for an older person. It's more like those big fat candles with the big fat wick, and when the wind is blowing, it, it's sort of mean. It doesn't go out, you see. So the young men that were coming to us, um, uh, I didn't doubt their sincerity of wanting. They were coming to us to be a friar, not to the farm, but as friars, okay. Mm-hmm. So they're coming and they want to be a friar, and uh, they're very good. They love the Lord. They love the church. They, they know their prayers. Uh, they're very much into you know praise, music, and, and all, all these wonderful things. They're great. But um, the question is not the desire, but the capacity. 
because they're growing up in a culture and in a society and anyone that has gray hair in their head who's watch, watching this will shake their head and say, yeah, is that, will they stick, is there a stick to itiveness with anything? Okay, so you and I, when we grew up, we decided that you worked for the phone company 40 years. You wrote, worked for this for 30 years. You worked for this for 50 years. You, you did, you stayed in the same house for whatever. That age is gone. People got married for their, all their lives. Mm -hmm. It was gone. I mean, in the past, in the future, I'm not sure whether they're even gonna have cards anymore, but Hallmark is not gonna be printing 50th anniversary cards. Right. There's no market. Mm -hmm. So the question is, will the young men, do, do they have the capacity to stick to, to something? And so, okay, so where does the farm come in? The farm number one is not for problem people. Now, if you have an alcohol addiction, addiction if you have a drug addiction, if you have uh, problems, uh, whatever it might be, emotional problems, generally there's a sort of a place, uh, a farm, a, a community. Mm -hmm. Uh, therapeutic, they call them therapeutic communities, you know, you could find one, uh, one around or two around and, and maybe even Catholic. But if you're simply just a young guy and you recognize that, that uh, you know, you could use some time to mature, sometimes you're not even calling it that. Sometimes you're in between and you're out of school and you don't know exactly where you're going. You thought you were going to go here and uh, sometimes you're in between things, and you, even if it's for a summer, quite frankly. Mm -hmm. and, uh, and, and curiously, in the European students for years always had what was called a gap year. See, in our country, you went, from, you went from kindergarten, grade school, high school, college, now it's grad, now it's post-grad, and, you know, and, all, and all the money is also, so the debt is building up, obviously. Right. So and there's no breathing room. Not so, so you're preparing for life, but you're not living it. In Europe, I presume they're still having this. It's not uncommon for a person to take a gap year or to actually to take two, one or two years of travel to do this or to do that. You build up some, you're living life. You're not in this school, whatever, your, your nose in a book or maybe on a tablet now or whatever. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this gives a person opportunity to take a break. Do you know where you're going? Do you know what you want to do? Do you really want to do what you think you want to do? Are you ready to do what you want to do, whether it's to get married or to, be a, to go to the seminary or to be a monk or to be a friar, whatever it, whatever it might be? Are you ready? Are you really ready for that? And many are not. Now, where does this come from? Also this, uh, uh, you know, in, in the past, you might've had a sort of a, a GI Joe type of guy now you have a lot of Gumby guys. You know Gumby? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. So uh, Gumby, they're very nice. And they, once again, you love the Lord. You love people. You're very nice. But, but there's something that's just, just it, it's, there's not a solidity and a strength. And I do believe it's because they grow up in a culture, with, in a home, with their parents. And, you know, they call it the helicopter mom. And mm -hmm. everyone's protected. God forbid, so, so now you, you can't have an adventurous thing where you're climbing a tree. If you climb a tree, there has to be foam rubber underneath. There has to be, <laughs> light, you, know, you know, there has to be a, 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 an alarm just in case you hurt your knee and the police come, you know, I mean, come on. So of all people of our generation, 
what you went out, you went out and you, life was an adventure. You didn't know exactly what you were going to do, what you were going to find. Some things you found were not very good or sometimes whatever you did was not the best. But at least there was some type of um, creativity. There was some fragility you didn't know. And yes, sometimes you, you limped on. And sometimes you ended up, at a, you, you broke your arm uh, playing on the ice or whatever it might be. But once again, I think that this younger generation is everything is controlled and everything is, is safe. And then even sports is no longer simply just going to the lot and, and playing and this and that. And who wants to be on the team and this stuff. It's not that you go to school and everything's organized in the school. It's too sanitized. It's too protected. And so there's no room for even making a mistake. And even if you make a mistake, they congratulate you or, or they, uh, they give you a trophy for, for coming in 15. Mm -hmm. you know, so, it, it, so there's an unrealistic, they're not really going, really going through life. And this is the life that our parents and our, certainly our grandparents, not that everything was great then, but life was life. So you and I are really having a conversation together and it's great, but it would be different if we were sitting right, right with one another and having sure. a beer. It would just, just be different. So this is a, an accommodation. It's good, but it's not the best. But can you imagine if I only knew you and we only discussed each other, we never met each other before and we're always talking like this and um, there's, there's, I never shook your hand. You know, it is, something's missing. And if I did out of people, something's really missing because I, I've never shook anyone's hand. Yeah. Embrace I never would have. So this is why I believe that, um, uh, that I think that the young generation is in need of a place where instead of life being mediated uh, by a screen um, and things could change with a click, that now you're in a place where, you know what, you have to water the plants so they're going to die. You have to feed the chickens with this, that they're going to die. And you have to be there. And so when we said 1030, you have to be there at 1030. Mm -hmm. you, know, you can't simply just, you know, just sort of say, well, I'm sorry, I, you know, whatever I was, uh, I was, you know, texting my whatever. So this is generally speaking why I believe that we need places. And I, I'm hoping that Holy Family Farm actually becomes a template, becomes an example for other people I don't care even if they did it and it wasn't even Catholic or wasn't, not that I'm, I'm, I'm saying this, it doesn't mean any difference, but right, I, right. I think that we, we need places, healthy places where people can come and, 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 and live life, live life. And I think especially for, um, for men these days, this, you know, in today's society, um, I think we've lost sight of what authentic, true masculinity of being a man really is and what it means. And we're losing something as a result of that. You know, our kids are, are not growing up with that image of, you know, what a man is. Even our, you know, even, you know, even our female children need to know that. But if we don't know it ourselves, you know, what, what that really means, um, that can be a big problem. You see, the, when it comes to masculine spirituality, it's not macho. 
It's not machismo. It's not being authoritative, but it's recognizing of one's authority. So if a father of a family has authority in that family, he should not be authoritative, see? Right. So you, you, we need patriarchs, not to be patronizing. See, it's a difference between communism and living a communal life. Christianity is essentially, it's, it's, a, it's a life in which that we're supposed to live a community, the communion, holy communion, the body of Christ, the, the church, the assembly of the faithful. So we believe in uh, living a, a life of communion. We don't believe in communism in, in its political, sociopolitical. Right. But um, uh, so this is uh, to, so for a young guy, let's say he comes and let's say he's never used uh, okay, something like a, 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 he never drove a Jeep or never drove a, you had a chainsaw or never had any type of mechanism. He just, he just, he never had the opportunity. Well, in the beginning, it can be, well, I can't drive that tractor. Or I can't do that. I can't do that. That's in the back of their mind. They don't say it, but they'll stand back and let somebody else do it is because they're threatened by it. Then you hand them the mechanism and you say, okay, this is how it works. So this is, this is, this, and then they do it. Now you have, a, you have a young guy and he actually cuts down a, you know, a 30 foot, a 40 foot tree and it comes down, woof. Now you walk away and you sort of say, now you don't, you know, you don't necessarily write to everybody, but you, you say yourself, I did that. See, I was able to change something formative and I was able to take a tree down there's something of a confidence that's often missing is because if there's no opposition, if your only opposition that you've learned in life is playing a game and that's your opposition, you're playing a kid in, in Europe or China or whatever, you're playing games and that's your, comp that's, that's, that's your competition and this and that. And that's just not gonna make it. So this idea of actually doing things and learning things and working with I made this desk. You know, oh, you sort of say, you know, so, so some guys, you know, they, they don't even know how to set a table. Forget about making a table. Right. They don't even know how to make a bed. Forget mm -hmm. about making the bed, making a bed. And, uh, and both are important. But unfortunately, what I sort of see is we just see too many people, they don't know nothing. Nothing, because mm -hmm. it doesn't mean a difference. What difference does it mean if we're if the napkins are on the right or the left, or the glasses on the table, that we eat on paper plates, or that we eat on that we have wine in the styrofoam cup? What's what's the big thing? They just don't know. <laughs> yeah, it's true. So so this is it's a place in where it's not military, it's not militaristic, but we have discipline. We get up at six o'clock for our first office. And, um, and uh, we have quiet times where everyone is just keeps a respectful silence. Um, we uh, have times to work and we should be working. Um, there's a time to, to, um, uh, to, to pitch in for cleaning up, for cooking. It's life. It's life. All of what you and I, maybe we grew up with, <clears throat> o'clock, we sit down at dinner. You know, at this time we went to bed. Or Saturdays, oh, Saturday's a chore day. So we do chores on Saturday because that's a Saturday. Mm -hmm. Sunday, oh, Sunday, Sunday is a 
day of worship. We get dressed up, we put our Sunday best on, we go to church and we stop by, we get the donuts and the jelly donuts or whatever people have done, came home and daddy made the poor pancakes. Why? Because it's Sunday. Right. Saturday was like maybe a chore day or whatever it might be. Uh, what did you do at night? We had to uh, do our homework at night. When you came home from school, you got into your play clothes and you went, to, you went out to play. Life had, you knew what was coming. Right. It's over for the young people today. They don't know, they don't know who's cooking, if they're, cook, if they're eating, when they're eating. So everything is, there's this anxiety is because, because no one knows exactly what's going to happen next. Mm-hmm. So it's the life is, is quietly chaotic. It's quietly chaotic. And so to put some healthy, healthy, reasonable order in one's life, you get up at a certain time during the week, you go to bed at a certain time during the week. You don't stay up all night, two o'clock in the morning, playing video games or worse than that, watching things that are, that are sinful. But this is where we're at worldwide right oh i agree i i think um there was a time in my life when i was working with early adolescents you know the seven eight ninth grade area and one of the examples that i always used to use is the example of a map and it's the same thing only the age has gotten older now but it's you know it's almost like we we, we tell a young person well okay go to california okay and then we don't give them a map of how to get there and we leave them. And then we wonder why they didn't get there, you know? And I think there's a responsibility on our part that we, we, we have to be the map, you know, we have to be showing. And one of the things that drives me, that doesn't drive me crazy, but one of the things I often think about is who's giving the example, you know, there's, there's not, there, there doesn't seem to me to be enough authentic people to give the example to the younger people of something well, different. Paul, I know two people. You and me. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> the beginning, but you know, I mean, Jesus saw there were 12, we saw with two. Okay, two. Hold there it. you go. <laughs> That's it's probably very true. Um, you know, I, I since since uh, being with the secular Franciscans, one of the things, and I, I was sharing it at a different time, but one of the things that's changed is what um, <clears throat> a person that I talked to on the podcast, Mary Stronach, um, said was the secular Franciscans are suffering from the disease of the graying of our order. And that's very true. You know, um, where's, where's the young people? I've always kind of felt there's something, you know, that we, we need to show the example of what's going on. And there's, I have, I have hundreds of ways I, to, to talk about that, but the example isn't there. And it sounds like one of the things that Holy Family Farm um, is, is, is going to try to do is to give that example, to give that practice, to show the, the map of how to get from here to here. I mean, it has to begin somewhere. <clears throat> so we always have to ask, what can I do? And this is, see, this is uh, the Holy Family Farm is, is not while there's a CFR chaplain and an influence, most certainly, uh, spiritual uh, heritage, for lack of a better way of putting it. But point being is, it's really, it's, it's, it's a lay mission. 
And so this is a place for, for lay people to be engaged and it allows them, see for the past 60 years, since the Vatican Council, mm -hmm. remember that. Oh yeah. <laughs> so what do they tell the lay people? You are the church, you are the church, you are the right, they've been saying this for years, you are the church, okay? And then sometimes when, when you wanna, when, when you sort of raise your hand and say, you know, excuse me, can we say the rosary or, you know, can we have a statue and then, you know, all of a sudden now you're not the church. You see, now it's like, you know, there could be slap down time. Okay, so now you're not the church. Lay people feel somewhat uh, powerless to make changes because they always put their trust and their hope and their everything upon the hierarchy. They're going to do it. They're going to come up with the programs. They're going to come up with the with the with the with the, with the missions and, and the house and this and that. Don't hold your breath. <laughs> okay. No, I'm not speaking ill of, of anyone in particular, and, and we all share in 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 in, in all of this because we're all we, we all have weak weak sinners. But point being is, is that we cannot, and quite frankly, we should not be waiting for someone else to, dealt, to tell us to do something that we know needs to be done. Mm -hmm. So, well, why do, I have to, do I have to wait? I don't have to call the bishop up and ask him, can I start you know, doing this or can I start doing that? I mean, this is, if you're doing it as a lay person in a small way, not looking for any type of ecclesiastical, you know, you know whatever, um, but that's, then at some particular point, well, then you introduce yourself to the bishop and says, you know, we've been doing this for 10 years. It's been very successful. And then you'll sort of say, but, but this is why the EWTN, perfect example. EWTN, Mother Angelica, full mm -hmm. speed she, she started making fishing lures in, in the garage with her sisters to raise money for, you know, this is how it, it has to begin somewhere. Father Michael Scanlon, Franciscan University of Studentville. Mm -hmm. That became a template. That became, people began to see this, wow, if you start living in that, really having a school with Catholic, real Catholic, not with a K, with a C, Catholic. Mm -hmm. a real Catholic school, th wow, things could happen. Vocations could come up, 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 what, right? And so this is why Ave Maria and all these other schools, why? because they said, you know what? It's possible. Curiously, the CFRs, we looked to Mother Teresa, whom actually we knew through Father Benedict and in the South Bronx, and, and uh, you know, the vocations that they were getting, the work that they were doing, the, uh, the radical uh, religious life they were living. And as Capuchins, we began to, so because we were Capuchin Franciscans, all of us. Right. And, and we sort of look at one another and sort of say, why are things dying on the vine in the order? And why is the vine so fruitful over here? It's because Jesus says, I am, I am the vine, you are the branches, remain in me. Not on me, not around me, not waving distance, in. Mm -hmm. And so the more that we live in Christ and in the heart of the church, you're going to bear fruit. So this is why we see that lay people who are involved in Holy Family Farm, now they feel they can do something to change the church, the world, themselves. Instead of being angry and frustrated is because we're waiting for someone to tell us what to do. Now it's so you know what? I'm an adult. I'm baptized. I know the faith. I know what's right. 
I know it's wrong. Let's do something. Mm-hmm. And I'll give two people. That's all you need. And then yeah. three becomes four, the four become 40, the four become 400 because of being faithful and rooted in the vine. And I think it's, it's also how, how we show people how we live, you know, um, we we need to be living and especially people, you know, my age and your age, we need to be, to be living what we say we believe. And that's what attracts, I believe what attracts younger people because they see all of a sudden what, here's somebody who believes something, which is something that I think is, is missing in the world a little bit. Here's somebody who believes something and they actually are doing it. They're doing it consistently. And here's how, how things happen. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing what happens when, when that is shown someplace. Amen. Amen. There was, there was a time when we used to say, uh, and I think, some of it's still true that in, in terms of the Franciscans, the thing that, that, um, that attracts people is the habit, you know, and it's true. It's not a very good reason, but it is true that that, that is an attraction. The worm on the hook. And, yep. and, it, and some of the religious that removed the habit, which they weren't supposed to, the Vatican Council did not say that religious should not be wearing a hat. So, they should they should adapt it and then it should be a little bit less uh, less ornate or less complicated in some of the habits at the sure. time complicated and um, but uh, so but if you ask some of these elderly sisters who are now eighty years old they'll remember a time when they saw they were when they were little girls and they saw their sister in the habit and that's what attracted them. Padre Pio was attracted to the Capuchins, the Capuchin brother, because of the beard. <laughs> yeah. And every time his parents told him about thinking about some other religious community, this guy says, "No, no, no. I want to. I want to. What the, the, the prize of wear the beard." So, uh, so sometimes just exterior things, but they point to interior or even eternal, re, uh, eternal reality. Right. And um, so, so yes, I think. Um, you know, Father Benedict, do you ever, do you ever hear him use his expression? Uh, uh, he called, do your lousy best. Do your lousy best. So that's what we have to do. You're making an effort with this podcast. Mm-hmm. You're not going to change the world with this little nope. podcast. But you're gonna, if you change one person's world, uh, right. congratulations. Yep. That one person is you. Real congratulations. <laughs> Yeah. And I, I mean, that's what I've always said about the podcast. I, I, I don't care how many people listen. I want one to listen that's and it. one to be changed because of what they hear here. And the rest doesn't matter to me. You know? and, and so this is this is the, so so you make your effort to do something, something different, right. something interesting. But it, it takes time. It takes energy and, and it takes a certain amount of humility because there's a lot of. Uh, lot of difficulties that you have to sort of accept and um, you have to be patient and um, so here we are we're just at the really just at the beginning of an adventure where this will go I don't know sometimes people have asked me with the friars especially when there's a gathering of all the friars and the sisters and this and that and they'll say to me did you ever think it would be like this I was like 
Well, in terms of us being in Europe or being in Central America and this and that, I said, no, I never necessarily thought of that. But that it would grow, yes. Why? It's not because, uh, it was because of, the, once again, John 15, to remain in the vine. Right. So your podcast will be fruitful. It will be fruitful is because you're trying to be sincere, you're praying, you're keeping Christ in the center, you're making this faithful to the church, you're not being, uh, you're not being edgy or condemning or right or left or, you know. You, you know. Mm -hmm. And it's not, I tell people, it's not about being on the right or the left. The worst thing is that we have too many people in the middle of the boat, not people on the right or the left. We have too many people in the middle of the boat, but we're not supposed to be in the middle of the boat. We're supposed to be in the center of the boat. Oh, yeah. The center of the boat is where Jesus is, not on the middle. Mm -hmm. Right. So yeah. people say, well, I don't want to go, that's a little bit too radical, or that's a little bit too much, and I don't want that's too Latin, and oh, this is too charismatic-y, and this and that, and they, and they, and they, and they, and they deal with us. So then what happens is, especially the clergy, what we do is the clergy, we go to the middle because we don't want to be too radicalized, right? We, want, we don't want to be too much. And so we stay in the middle of the boat. We're not supposed to be in the middle of the boat. We're right. supposed to be in the center of the boat. Christ is in the in in the hold. He's in the hold. That's that's the treasure. The treasure is mm -hmm. in. So we're, we're supposed to go live. A, try to do our lousy best right. with our humanity, with our whatever, and 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 you 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 make your best effort, knowing that when you give Jesus five loaves and two fish. And even the fish are small, and the loaves are barley. He's able to make a banquet out of it. Well, Father Glenn, we've been going on for a while now. <laughs> it's a fascinating conversation. I, you know, but we're we're kind of coming to the end of 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 what we need to do. So the one question I want to ask you is. If you could just tell the people who are listening here a little bit, how how would they get in touch with with the farm? Um, what are you looking for? Are you are you looking for young men who might be interested in that life? You know, and and more well, important, also importantly, how can people help? Well, one of most people, we do have a, we have a website, uh, holyfamilyfarm.org, and um, in fact, we are recently uh, or soon going to be um, uh, actually bringing it up to par because up until this point, we really didn't have a farm to show. So we had to use images of farms and this and that. Well, now we have to show to show what we're doing now. And so it's becoming, this would be more relevant and more reflective of, of, um, of who we are now, not what sort of what we want to be in the future. So holyfamilyfarm.org. And um, uh, yes, we're, we're looking for, I should say that we're looking for, we are open to receive. There you go. We're open to receive if there's a young man, certainly not too young, and certainly no one that's below 18 years of age. I suspect most of the guys that are that will probably be receiving here are in their 20s and 30s, and, and maybe even older. We're, we're sort of open to sort of see who the Lord sends, and mm -hmm. but they have to be psychologically and emotionally healthy. A question has been asked was, do they have to be Catholic? And I would have to say, well, I'm not sure we're going to get a lot of non-Catholics, but um, if there is someone that showed up, as long as they um, uh, did not be contrary to the Catholic faith 
And when we have the rosary, they may have to take the second decade. You know? yeah. <laughs> so uh, at the start of the consecration, uh, they all kneel. They can't receive, but you kneel. Okay. So um, if they, if there's someone that's, a, so it has to be someone who's cooperative. I would have to say if it's a young man and he's not afraid to get his hands dirty. Um, and he's disciplined enough that, that when it's at six o'clock, he's in the chapel. And, uh, and when it's at, when it's at nine fifteen and prayer is over, we sing the Salve Regina. After that, you know, you could be quiet, and uh, it's, it's it's time for you know to to to, to land, come in for a landing uh, quietly. Mm-hmm. So I think we're just looking for some healthy young men, and uh, and uh, they have to be, I guess, maybe a little bit adventurous right now because it's a, it's a new beginning, and so they have to have a little bit of a the New York we call it chutzpah. You know, yep. <laughs> And, um, and, um, and we're also looking for benefactors also, which is obvious. So we're looking for men and women that uh, if, they're, if they're going to invest, they're going to give to somebody. Um, I think this is a very, very good place to put their money because it's, um, it's the real deal. Um, and um, every penny of it goes to, to, to this mission. We call it a mission. It's not a project. It's a mission. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, so, yes, uh, young men, benefactors, Holy Family Farm dot org and um, you contact me and uh, through the website and uh, I'll be get back to get back to you. Okay, and I, I I know from looking at the website that there's a there's a, a special place there where the word donate is there. Um, so for my listeners, um, something you might want to consider, um, it is right on on the website. And in case you know, I always I always repeat things because. Half the time people say, I wish I had a pencil to write that down. But uh, the, the website address uh, will be also on my website, ourwalktogether.com. I'll put the, that with the podcast so that you can always find um, and put, I'll put a link in there to um, the website um, so people can find it easily. So, um, so, Father Glenn, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. I really, really appreciate it wonderful work that you're doing god bless you on this wonderful work keep it and uh, god bless you as you begin your your walk with saint francis and um uh keep keep moving up the mountain and uh, okay. if your feet start to bleed uh, even more keep moving that's the most yep. important may I offer you a blessing and your and i'd be perfect thank you I pray that Almighty God do bless you and keep you may the Lord let his face smile upon you and be gracious unto you and through the prayers of the Most Holy Mother of God, through the prayers of Holy Joseph, through the prayers of uh, St. Francis, indeed of all of our patron saints, may Almighty God richly bless each of you. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Thank you so much, Father. I appreciate you being here. It's been an actual pleasure, Paul. Thank you so much. God bless you. We are companions on the journey. Well, the music means that our time together is at an end for now. I thank you for walking with me today. It's been a great blessing. Please visit my website for information about this and other episodes of the podcast, as well as additional information on how to contact me. It can be found at OurWalkTogether.com. And please, invite your friends to listen as well. And so, until we journey again, may the Lord bless you and keep you, 
May the Lord let his face shine on you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you kindly and give you his peace.